Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps and Peepers. I'm Dan, and my sick co-host is Lindsay. Oh, man, you guys. The struggle is real today. The the head cold hit last night, Uh, so that's why she sounds different. I sound like (laughs) 1-800-CALL-ME. I can make a few extra bucks today. Sure, sure. Fine, why not? So I apologize in advance. I'm going to try my best not to have a sneeze attack. Uh on camera because it's really unattractive. Well, I, I appreciate. No, I, I, it sounds fine. It sounds fine. Oh, you mean the sneeze? The sneeze attack would be unattractive. Yeah, it would yeah. be like. Yeah, got it. Could, ugh. But I appreciate you being a trooper. Yeah, right, I mean, we're still I'm doing here. the show. We're still doing the show. Yep. Still gonna be scary. Yep, I was listening to uh, other scary things on uh, my phone this morning to get my head in the right space because my head okay. didn't want to focus. So I'm already a little. Spooked. Already a little spooked. Uh, and and how many stories are you telling today? I just have two today. Um, I have one that's brief and one that's a little bit longer. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I, I found them to be quite creepy. So good. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. What I, do you I got like today? In, I like getting spooked. I like getting the chills. Uh, well, and, and really quick before, I'm going to have two stories as well. Great. And then Lindsay's stories are the ones that have been sent to my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. So keep sending those stories in. We love them. We do. And thanks for the reviews too. I noticed that we're uh, almost uh, 3,000 ratings and reviews on iTunes. which for oh, that's the, awesome. Yeah, for the horror genre is actually really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah, great. this early on, we really appreciate that. So it doesn't go unnoticed. Thank and, you. Yeah, thank you. And we look at the feedback. Feedback, scan it, you know. Well, uh, Dan looks at it because I'm a sensitive Sally, so he has to look at this, the feedback. I, I look at it, I look and at then it. tell me because I can go down a fucking rabbit hole of like, oh yeah, Bob, one, two, three. You don't <laughs> like my fucking swearing. <laughs> so that's that's Dan's department. And then yeah. he tells me where we need to improve. And yeah, just so no, you know how we take it. You know, it's not going to make major changes. You know, we have to do the show and have it be something that we like. And uh, our vision, but also the feedback does matter. And, it does. You know, and we get the same, you know, note here uh, over and over and over. We definitely think like, oh, okay, is that something we could fix? Is that something we can improve upon? Because we want to make the show as best as it can be. Exactly. And yeah, so uh, I have yeah two tales. First tale is is more of a collection of supposed sightings than it is a proper story. Okay. Uh, sightings report on the web about a creature known as the Grinning Man. Oh, is this like a shadow person-y thing? Um... Maybe not really. It's it's not linked there, but I would say it's similar. I mean, who knows what it is? Okay. But there is, you know, it has the same characteristics across sightings 
And so, yeah. Well, that uh, sounds like great fun, Dan. Thank you. So, the grinning man. Thank you so much. <laughs> look at what is it? What does it want? Uh, second story is the tale of an entity known mostly as the Elemental. Uh, some believe this thing haunts the grounds of Ireland's Leap Castle. Ooh. Maybe tied somehow to this old castle's very bloody history. Okay. So we'll kind of go through a little bit of a, a horror history of this place. Okay, okay. And then talk about this other creature. So it's a little creature double feature. Creature double feature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How tra- rhymey of you. Some traditional haunts thrown in that second bigger story. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a little twist on what we've done, which I always like. Of course. Well, it's fun to like kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So we're not just doing exactly the same thing every week. Nah, it gets I don't a little... like it formulaic. Who wants the monotony of it all? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you let me know uh, when you're when you're ready. Well, I'm almost ready. I just want to acknowledge my. Oh um, yeah. So in in light of the holiday spirit, which is creeping up on us, I bought myself this mug that says "Oh dear." Because we know that's one of my favorite things to say. Oh my God, I have to tell you guys, thinking of that, I met these guys in Tacoma and they play a drinking game uh-huh. when they watch Scared to Death, Okay, all based on the things I say. So oh, fun. If I, like, if I say, like, get the fuck out, shut uh-huh. the fuck up, uh-huh. oh dear, I think oh dear might be two shots. <laughs> oh man, pretty- shots. Oh yeah, they're getting fucked up watching our show. But, so I also have my Christmas tissue box and... Santa socks. Oh, very, very Christmassy. I'm, I'm ready. So, okay. I'm, get your I'm blanket. Get your protection blanket. Get my protection blanket on. <sighs> you know, as I have like a gajillion pairs of socks, I probably need to like also work on switching up my blanket regime. Mm. Mm. Oh man, how many blankets are we need? So many. Maybe I need a weighted blanket to make me feel really secure. Maybe. You probably don't even know what that is. <laughs> I, I don't. They help you sleep. Weighted blankets? Yeah, supposedly. It's like, I don't want to say anti-gravity, but it's supposed to like make you feel, well, weighed down. Yeah. I'm lucky. I don't struggle with the sleep. Uh, as you know, I fall asleep pretty fast. Pretty fast, even though I was high and terrified last night. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. And we'll talk about being scared a little bit later. Uh, right now, let's um, yeah, let's get into this uh, grinning man stuff. Have you, have you ever, you've never heard of this then, huh? No, I've never heard of it. And I mean, just, I immediately think of like Hat Man with a giant mm. creepy ass smile on his face. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Already uncomfortable. Well, about sixty years ago, people around the world started reporting encounters with this uh, strange humanoid creature—a creature with the grin consistently described as malevolent. In every description of these encounters, what shocks each witness the most, what burns the experience into their memory, is the unnerving, maniacal grin on this creature's face. What seems to disturb um, witnesses also is just not knowing. You know, what this thing is, what it wants from them, what it might do to them. Time now for a collection of tales about the grinning man. In 2011, a woman by the name of Dalen posted about an encounter with the grinning man on an online paranormal forum, writing, My soon-to-be husband and I moved into our house one year ago. As far as I know, there was only one previous family who lived there, and nothing sinister had ever taken place. The house is a new build in a quiet residential area, Before this, I'd never had any dealings with anything paranormal. The last weeks have changed that. I thought I heard a voice while I was falling asleep. I asked my boyfriend if he'd said anything and I got no reply. He was sound asleep and has never talked in his sleep, so I decided it must not have been him. I decided I must have been dreaming. Then a few moments later, I woke up to the sound of something moving. I opened my eyes, looked towards the corner of my bedroom near the window, and there, dimly lit by the moonlight coming in, I saw it. The thing had the shape of a man. Kind of. He seemed strangely formed. 
I thought, again, it must just be my imagination. So I forced my eyes closed, kept them closed, didn't hear anything else, eventually fell back asleep thinking it was all just in my head. However, a few nights later, I was startled. I was woken. I was shivering. Open my eyes. I saw the same man, this time wearing a strange grin. His teeth were wide enough to be seen in the dark. Ugh. I started shaking. After locking our eyes for a moment, the man disappeared, but I continued to shake. The terror I felt when he smiled at me, the feeling still haunts my thoughts. Elsewhere online, another man describes two childhood experiences with what seems to be this same creature. He posts, When I was about seven years old, I was sleeping on the couch when there was a big storm. I got up to get a drink. A flash of lightning lit up the kitchen. I saw something. There was a figure. I saw two huge black eyes and a mouth that was far too large for this thing's face. His smile, much too large to be normal. I mean, almost literally from ear to ear. I ran out. Nope. Needless to say, I couldn't sleep that night. Then about two years later, my mom took my brother and I to meet her partner's parents. We got bored and asked if we could ride our bikes in the garage. We rode around some trails. We raced each other along the trails, pedaling as fast as we could. Suddenly, I heard my brother screaming my name. I turned around and there was a truck just behind my back tire. The truck was really old and I saw the driver and it was the same thing I saw in the kitchen. <sighs> Those teeth. He was laughing. I got off into the bushes and the truck sped away. My brother also saw this thing and commented on how big its mouth was and told people later about it. He would say that thing was not human. Its whole mouth was its face. A lady calling herself Steph wrote online about another encounter with the grinning man. Years ago, my husband and I were driving around the county of Madeira. It was a rugged area. We saw a man standing by the side of the road facing our way. He had a very strange grin, like he pulled his lips wide apart. Yet I could see no sign of happiness. In fact, it felt confrontational. We passed by. Traffic was very light on the road as we went on. We saw another car or so, but weren't ever overtaken by anyone. As we drove on, Later, much later down the road, we see facing us, standing beside the road again, the very same man. Uh-uh. With that very same grin. How could this seemingly, you know, same grinning man have teleported further down the road? One older encounter with the grinning man allegedly occurred in Italy in the winter of 1979. This is the most commonly reported incident of this. When a night security watchman was getting gas for his car while making his rounds... Uh, he, he sees this creature, and this, and this one introduces a possible explanation for what the grinning man may be. Okay, okay. Mr. Zanfretta claims that he was filling up his car at a gas station. You know, he hears this voice calling his name from the darkness nearby. He says he walked towards the voice as if he had to. Said he felt as though something had hypnotized him. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. And, and, uh-uh. Then he, and then he saw it. He saw a tall humanoid being with a large bald head. He or it was dressed in a suit and grinning, of course, from ear to ear. Without moving its lips, this being spoke to him, compelling him to go back to his car, drive it to an uh, towards an odd, dark cloud that seemed to be hovering in front of him. Mr. Zanfretta claims that he did as he was told, but was able to call the police on his way to that cloud. And then according to a few online sources, uh, you know, it was documented that he did get a hold of the police and did tell them where he was. And then the phone connection was lost after he could be heard saying... The car has stopped. I I see a bright light. I'm getting out. No. Then later, he would say that he was taken into a UFO. 
He was found a short time later standing alone in a field near the road where he said his, uh, he had saw this UFO, where the police were looking for him. Some Italian police found him almost immediately. They said that he was warm and almost completely dry, despite it being cold outside and raining. His car was parked on the side of the road. Inside of the car, it was ported to have been as hot as an oven, and the roof of the car felt hot to the touch, as if it was laying out in the hot sun and not sitting out cold in the cold rain. That's weird. So what happened? Well, a lot of ufologists believe that the phenomenon of the Grinning Man is somehow related to UFOs, possibly also related to infamous Men in Black sightings. Fucking uh-uh. Two more Grinning Tales now. <laughs> Both also these Men in Black tales. Uh, you know, in ufology lore, the first widely reported incident uh, comes from an English girl back in 1968. She was 16 years old, living in the town of Scarsborough in northern England, which is where this is supposed to have, have happened. She was home alone one day when there was a knock at the door. When she answered, she was greeted by a tall man in a black suit and tie who stood on the doorstep and smiled that strange, too-wide grin for an unnerving amount of time before finally speaking. He asked her if she had insurance. She replied that he should come back another time when her parents were home. Weird. The man appeared to then start sweating heavily and speaking in what the girl later described as sounding uh, like a computerized voice. She noticed that his face also seemed to be caked in makeup, like he was hiding his skin for some reason. Uh, he asked this teenager if he could see a glass of water. See a glass of water? She thought, who talks like that? Yeah, that's strange. But for whatever reason, she thought he must be harmless, possibly kind of under some kind of trance, hypnotic spell again. She invites him in. Oh, jeez. Uh, goes to the kitchen to grab the water. When she hands the water to him, she says he looks at it before placing it down on the table rather than drinking it. He then noticed the clock on the mantelpiece in the living room and asked her about it, saying, Is that your father's time? What does that mean? Confused, she answered that the clock had been a present for her father, and then the man creepily asked, Is it here and now? And then he repeated what? this strange question over and over. Is it here and now? Is it here and now? Is it here and now? The girl later said it was as if a robot started to malfunction. He kept on saying it over and over, and then his body started to jerk around and then locked up, and he seemed to, like, freeze in place like a mannequin. And then it seemed as if he suddenly could move, but with great difficulty, as though his legs, you know, his body had seized up. He then managed to kind of, you know, stumble over towards the front door. By the time he got there, he started to walk a bit more normally. As he walked out of the house, he started to seemingly loosen up, and as he moved down the street, started to walk faster and faster and faster, began to run, increasing in speed, eventually achieving some kind of superhuman speed. What? Crazy tale. And then he was just gone. What the fuck? Last Grinning Man tale is similar to that crazy one I just told. A man named John posted about an incident that occurred a few years ago. He was living in the heart of a large city somewhere in the U.S. He kept it all very anonymous. He said, I would go for walks at night for years, never felt afraid. But that changed one night. It was quiet, very few traffic or people out. I went down a side street, and that's when I first noticed him. At the far end, on my side of the street, I saw a man dancing. <laughs> that's funny. Thinking he was probably drunk. I approached, uh, as I approached, I gave him most of the sidewalk, he passed me by. He was very tall and thin, and then I noticed that his mouth was formed in an extremely wide, very disturbing smile. Ugh. I crossed the street, looked back, he was facing me. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on him, he didn't move, I almost got a block between us. I looked back to where he was, but then he was gone, but then I saw him again, now he was coming towards me, moving too quickly, steps were giant. Then he stopped about the length of a car from me with that same too wide, very unnerving smile. 
Then he suddenly turned back around, started running away. I watched him go until he was almost out of sight. I realized that as he ran, his shape seemed to be growing larger. Then he turned around again, coming back my way again, moving so fast. I ran. I ran until I was off that street onto a bigger street. I kept glancing over my shoulder, expecting to see that smile that haunts me to this day, but he wasn't there. I never went for another night walk again and have never seen him since. Well, good, because who the fuck goes for night walks by themselves, you idiot? I like a night walk. Oh, really? When have you ever done that? Not not where we live now, but it's not oh. fun. You know, but in some when, places. When have you been a night walker? I've done it a few times when I was younger. Like it, like it was in a bigger city. <laughs> it's been a long time. Okay. But I, but I get, I get we like. We haven't done it in the last decade. It's, it's, it's cold. I know. Yeah. And there's, I don't, there's nowhere I'd want to walk to from our place. Mm-hmm. Even when we lived in LA, you weren't doing night walks. I assure you. No, probably not that. But, but before I have, like when I was, when I was younger and cities were more novel. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I was specifically when I was uh, going to school in London when I was like 20. It was fun to like a couple times just by myself go explore and like at but night. Like, but like what time? How dark was it? What were you thinking? One, one time it was like past midnight. Just, Why? I don't know. Just because it was a novel. It's like uh, I never got to be around like uh, I used to sneak out of my uh, room as a kid in Riggins and go. We'd go like explore the town at night. And it was just kind of cool where everybody's asleep. And it's like. Yeah. So, okay, okay. And then, you know, and then I was, uh, it was just cool to be in such a big city. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. I still think it's dumb. Well, okay. I think so, it's not safe. So here is uh, artist depictions of what Oof. the grinning man may look like. I'm really, I have something in my brain and I really don't want it to be accurate. Uh, it's probably, yeah. Let's get the first picture up there. Yeah. No, that's not what I was thinking, but fuck. I wasn't expecting it to be so realistic. Well, that's just one depiction. I mean, yes, but that's not, that's fucking scary. Okay. There's three. So there, that's one. So it kind of looks like William Defoe. Here's the next one. Yeah. Is that closer? Okay, okay, I don't like that. And then and then let's get let's get to the oh, third I one. I really don't like that. That second one? Yeah, I don't know. He feels trapped. Ah. Okay, That's okay. Just so you know well, somebody's sketch. Well, and that also okay, so I was thinking like the saw face. Right. Because it has oh, that giant jigsaw. Yeah, it has uh-huh. that giant smile. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. also I still kept thinking like shadow hat. Shadow person, hat man kind of thing. Right, right. Because like they did say like, right, dark eyes, like no eyes. And then like a mouth that takes over the whole face. Yep. I, just, I don't know. I mean, it is part of it. Like it feels clown-like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I thought was interesting about particular detail about the smile is yeah. that the teeth were white. It wasn't like yellow fangs. Oh, oh and, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, that's weird. Is this right. like, is it a dentist? <laughs> a dead dentist? I don't yes. know. But I just was like having weird thoughts about like, why were the teeth so clean pristine like like yeah. that i don't know that's a detail that for some reason is very creepy to me sightings like that interest me where where it's like like one kind of consistent unusual trait right you know and, and it, uh, when i let my imagination go i just think about like okay let's go to the place of which i do believe mathematically that there's other life forms out there and let's say that they visited us you know the whole ufo thing well if, if you go to that place God knows how many different types of aliens have visited us. Because really, like, if you open, if you go down that kind of Pandora's box, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's limitless. Right. So I think about, you know, or if you go to that place of what if parallel dimensions type things, like, are real. Yeah. And then yeah. you open up that, it's like, well, then God knows how many different kind of creatures there could be out there, theoretically. 
Well, sure, because when you think right. about just like how many different, okay, like we live on this planet, on mm-hmm. this plane, in this present time, think about how many different versions of a human there are. Right. Different races, different religions, different ethnicities, like and how that mm-hmm. all shapes and changes us. So you could line up 100 people and you could have 100 people that look entirely different, right? right? And then when you start adding in like physical deformities or birth defects, it's like, then that changes it as well. Yeah. And really alien only just means foreign, right? Something right. that you don't right. know or understand. Well, this, this story is particularly awful for me because it is a combination of all the things that I hate the most. Like, yeah, it definitely has some shadow, uh, ma- uh, you know, the, people kind of elements and then... The fucking aliens. And then the aliens, The yeah. aliens are the worst for me. Yeah, because I guess... worst. Because I guess like that, it's just so unknown. So unknown, but also feels like it could fucking happen. Like, it's the feels thing... more possible. It does, because I mean... There, there really could be other life forms out there, right? I mean, scientists mm-hmm. are trying to prove it all the time. Right, and they it, could be taking us. You don't they, know, we don't know. We don't know. Missing, we, miss, some missing people, that's, maybe that's where they go missing. Oh, I totally think it's aliens. Right? Could, like, could we, be, we, could just we don't know. That, we we don't just know. had the plane story. Was that right? last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try I really try hard to forget from week to week so that my brain doesn't implode. In, it, the, in the news today, oh, sorry, in the news today yeah. when you said the plane, uh, in the news this morning, I, I assume it was a recent article. I just glanced at it when I was waking up this morning. Yeah. And there was some, pl- I believe it was Argentina. Uh, that I might be pulling on my ass. But it, <laughs> okay. was, but it was definitely flying down to Antarctica for some kind of, or Antarctica. For yes, some, for don't s- forget that. <laughs> uh, for some kind of supply run. Yeah. And gone. I mean, I, they, they may find the wreckage and stuff, but yeah, but you know, lost communication at this point over the ocean and they don't know where it is. Probably, probably the bottom of the sea floor. But again, it's like, if they don't find it, you know, it'll just be added to the lore of like, well, maybe, the, maybe the sea floor or maybe something grabbed it. I just, the alien stuff, I think specifically because scientists are trying to prove other life. It's not like, um, and, and like legitimate scientists, right? Mm, not somebody mm. who got some like bullshit. Not like me in a lab coat in a basement. <laughs> exactly. I was actually thinking of our friend Rafal and like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In, in his YouTube videos with the lab coat. Exactly, exactly. Lucha Labs. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it's like a. Yeah, NASA scientists, I mean, like, top-level, brilliant people, much, much smarter than mm-hmm. you and I, are trying to prove that there's life somewhere else. And and, right? and what does that mean? It could mean plants, it could mean water, you know, it could mean all these different things, but it doesn't necessarily mean life like a human or human-like thing breathing. Right, but right. eventually, if you find one thing and you keep digging, it just, it just feels possible that they will yeah. find some other life form that... I would think there's like sentient beings out there and, somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it... It freaks me out in that way because it's not just lore, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just like campfire talk. It's like, no, it's... Oh, right, right. It, it, it just feels founded in something. That's the same way that like um, exorcisms freak me out because religion is very real, right? It doesn't matter whether you believe or don't believe. It exists. It exists. It's something yeah. that is very... It's a belief system that exists. Right, and it's it's something that people who are very deep in their faith mm-hmm. can point to and say, well, this happened and that happened and I believe this. Just like with science. I mean, you don't have to believe science, right? Even though the people can like point to it and say like, this happens, I mean, that yes, happens. Yes, I mean, science is grounded more in empirical evidence where well, religion yeah, more is tangible, not. Right, a tangibles. Very tangible. Very tangible. But still, it's like, if you just yeah. want to like let go for a second because this is not yeah. an analytical podcast, right? Yes. It's just like, it's it's founded in something, right? Like it, right. religion is founded well, in a deep belief and yeah. other people have witnessed it and other people have seen those exorcisms mm-hmm. and they feel well documented by the church. I mean, this is just like m- the way my brain works. You don't even right. have to agree with it. We yeah, don't have yeah, to debate yeah. it either. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's like, that's where my brain goes. So I'm like, okay, okay. Those feel very real to me. Mm-hmm. Aliens feel very real to me. And then I don't know, shadow people are just well, creepy 
AF. <laughs> and that's what's cool about this world of stories, I think, where, you know, some people might be like, oh, come on, I don't believe in ghosts, I don't believe in that, but then also be religion, religious. Right. And, and, and it's like, you know, for, for a believer of the paranormal, their belief in ghosts and specters and hauntings is every bit as real as, you know, Muhammad or Jesus or whoever sure. it is for a religious person. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, the, the world of paranormal is also a matter of faith. Correct. And, and the faith is real strong in some people. Yeah. 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 Whew, look at us getting all philosophical. It's philosophical about horror stories. I like it. <sighs> okay. Well, that was creepy. And we. <laughs> if you follow my Instagram, you know that we're going through a little remodel in our bedroom right now. And our closet doesn't have closet doors on it right now. And there's one dark flannel shirt hanging in the closet right now. And when I lie in bed, I can see it exactly. And it looks like a fucking human shape. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis Live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. So that's fun. <laughs> fun. I want to take that down. Uh, for sure. I will be doing that immediately when I get home today. All right. Well, let's talk about our second story. Okay. Uh, Ireland's Leap Castle. Yeah, this sounds interesting. Yeah, this is very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, it's a castle that builds itself as the most haunted castle in the world. And we'll show a few pictures to start just to set the uh, mood for this one up Oh, I front. like that. Yeah. So let's uh, just, just so you can see what this gets. It's really pretty. Sure. Uh, so here's oh, Leap Castle. It's more a close-up shot of the front. I don't know if I call that pretty. That looks fucking terrifying. A privately owned castle. And then this next picture is more of an aerial view, which gives, uh, you know, just kind of shows the grounds around it, some farmland. Okay, that's really pretty. Yeah. And this is a private residence now, which is, I think is pretty amazing. I, I specifically like in the first photo, there's like some old white little beat-up car in the driveway. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. why like, that like cracks in RV, it looked like a little Honda Accord. Oh, I thought I saw an RV in there too. Oh, oh funny. Uh, like a lot of good horror. Oh, you know, actually, that might be another picture of it later. Uh, oh, okay. Like a lot of good horror stories, uh, this tale begins with some dark legends, some bloody folklore, a little blend of truth and myth. We'll never know how much of the story is truth, how much of it is myth. Uh, I love that in these stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, history of Leap Castle appears to be very bloody, according to legend. The castle was built by the wealthy O'Bannon family somewhere between the 12th century and the 15th century. Uh, legend has it that before it was built, a very interesting method of determining which of two O'Bannon brothers was going to inherit their father's riches and take control over the future castle was agreed upon. According to this legend, the brothers decided to jump off a huge rock located on the side of the current castle, and if either survived, the surviving brother would get control of the castle and the family clan. Hilarious. That's not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. This is the legend. And then they both jumped. One of them didn't die. Uh, and while the winner of this possibly, or even probably fictitious, uh, deadly competition is now lost to time, the story offers a fun explanation of how the castle came to be known as O'Bannon's Leap. Oh, okay. Or more commonly, Leap Castle. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, the O'Bannon's rule over Leap Castle didn't last long. Soon the murderous O'Carroll clan would take over. The O'Carrolls were a ruthless and domineering family fueled by greed and power. They would add a long, murderous chapter to the castle's history. In 1532, following the death of their patriarch Mulroney, or Mulrooney, excuse me, O'Carroll, a fierce struggle for control of the castle and clan ensued, and it turned brother against brother. This struggle leads us to our first Leap Castle ghost. One of the brothers vying for control was also the family priest. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. And, which was fairly common yeah, uh, yeah, back yeah. then. And you know, they had these private chapels. And while he was holding mass for some of his family in the castle chapel, his rival brother burst in there, pl- plunged his sword into the priest's chest, fatally wounded him. Eek. The wounded priest fell across the altar, bled out in front of his family, and his ghost has been seen walking around what is now known as the Bloody Chapel ever since. So a ghost, a priest ghost. Mm, priest ghost in the Bloody Chapel. That's new. And this murdered priest is far from the only ghost uh, seen roaming the grounds of Leap Castle. One of the most notorious spirits of Leap Castle is that of the Red Lady. Tall, slender spirit clothed in a fluttering red gown, spotting, holding a sharp, or spotted holding a sharp blade in her hand. I just flashed on Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, good reference. Uh, the legend behind the, the real lady or the red lady is that she was a beautiful local peasant woman imprisoned by the O'Carrolls, used as a sexual slave, repeatedly raped, eventually gave birth to a baby who was then murdered by the O'Carrolls. Oh, dang. Overwhelmed with grief over the tragic loss of her child, the Red Lady used the dagger her phantom now holds to put an end to her life of torment, and now her troubled spirit remains trapped to wander the grounds of the castle. Another often spotted ghost comes from the very end of the castle's bloody O'Carroll era. In the 17th century, an O'Carroll daughter fell in love with an Englishman known as Captain Darby, who was imprisoned in the castle. She would sneak him food while they plotted a way to run away together and get married. One day, this daughter freed Captain Darby, and he fought and killed her brother, a man who was the heir to the castle. And now the O'Carroll daughter Darby, uh, you know, loved, was the heiress to the castle. The two wed. When her father died, she and Darby inherited the castle. Okay, okay. Inherited. Uh, and then Darby slowly lost his grip on sanity. Oh, no. And Captain Darby became known locally as wild, as the Wild Captain. Captain Darby had amassed a small fortune in battles fought during England's Civil War, and he'd hid much of his fortune around the Leap Castle grounds. Uh, at some point, Leap Castle's Wild Captain was imprisoned for treason in Dublin. Years later, when he was released, he was allowed to return to Leap Castle. The years of imprisonment had driven the already wild captain to the brink of complete madness, and he was unable to recall where he'd hit his fortune, and that did drive him completely insane. Uh, he spent the rest of his life looking for the treasure, and now his ghost is said to be seen around the castle still looking for lost riches. I'm just imagining a crazy version of you. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably not too far off. Uh, and then the descendants of the wild captain lived in Leap Castle for several more generations. One of those descendants was a spiritualist named Mildred Darby, who was obsessed with the occult. Millie. Millie. And uh, Mildred had an, a, an encounter with a dark and mysterious entity. Some think she awakened in the 20th century after the Darbys discovered the O'Carroll's hidden uh, obliette or oubliette. There we go. Long hidden, when it was finally rediscovered early last century, a secret shaft once covered by a trap door was found. It led to a sealed dungeon located in the northeastern corner of the Bloody Chapel. And it is known as the Oubliette, a word derived from the French to forget. Centuries earlier, the O'Carroll clan had tossed body after body into that shaft, down into the Oubliette, into the dungeon, uh, done so for decades. When it was finally rediscovered, an untold number of human skeletons were still inside. Ugh. Some still stuck to iron spikes that had killed them. Uh, when cleaned out, it took uh, three cartloads to remove all of the bones. Many of these bones had belonged to soldiers that the O'Carroll clan had betrayed. Bless you. Uh, legends tell of several occasions where the O'Carrolls employed other clans as mercenaries to kill their enemies. And upon completion of one of these jobs, the mercenaries, 39 members of the O'Neill clan in this instance, were invited back to Leap Castle for a celebratory feast. And then legend has it, they were poisoned and had their throats slashed. Their bodies were then thrown down into the oubliette. 
On another occasion in 1599, Charles O'Carroll, the last chieftain at Leap, was at war with the Earl of Tyrone, and he hired the McMahon clan to be mercenaries. After they fought for him, the O'Carrolls had these men murdered in their sleep. Their bodies were as well tossed into the oubliette. And the McMahon clan are now said to haunt the Great Hall at Leap Castle. Countless more people killed and tossed into the O'Carroll Oubliettes. Many were dead before their bodies were thrown in. Others, uh, however, thrown through the trapdoor while still alive. Ugh. Bleeding out, their bones shattered and paled by spikes, crying out for help from the bottom of the pit where no one was going to save them, surrounded by the bodies of others who'd suffered the same fate before them. And some think, out of all this blood and agony, a creature was born. The creature I want to talk about today. A creature Mildred Darby may have awakened through one of her occult rituals. Time now for the tale of It, Leap Castle's Elemental. Some believe that something far more terrible than a ghost is haunting the ruins of this castle. They think that a primal force, horrifying beyond description, something that may have dwelled within the castle walls for centuries, still roams the grounds. Was it brought into existence by all of the O'Carroll bloodlust? Has it been on the grounds all along, long before the castle was built? Did it push the O'Carrolls to their murderous ends as a way to feed its own bloodlust? The spirit has been called the Thing by some, uh, as It by others. Most call it the Elemental. The Elemental is the most intriguing spirit thought to currently call Leap Castle home. Its origins, exact nature unknown. Paranormal investigators, demon hunters speculate it's somehow tied to the castle's bloody past. There's a variety of theories regarding how this grotesque apparition made its way to Leap Castle. One theory believes that the elemental was actually summoned to this plane bound to the site that now uh, where the castle now sits by Celtic druids performing rituals that required blood sacrifices okay. possibly human blood and these rituals and sacrifices might have conjured some spirit bounded to the grounds perhaps over time long after the druids were gone the elemental weakened and sought fresh blood to renew its strength to maintain its existence in this material plane and that seeking led to the O'Carroll Oubliette Others believe that the elemental was placed within the castle by invading enemy forces so that the ghost could destroy the castle from within, something it was specifically placed in the castle by Gerald Fitzgerald, Earl of Kildare, widely rumored that Fitzgerald was a practitioner of the dark arts, dark arts such as necromancy or necromancy and the summoning of demons. Uh, historically, Fitzgerald did try to seize the castle on several different occasions. Most people seem to believe the Elemental's manifestation directly connected to the gruesome discoveries within the castle's oubliette. Some think that the removal of the mortal remains of the Dark Dungeon's victims may have inadvertently somehow unleashed the dormant emotional anguish of their restless spirits. These agonized spirits may have somehow coalesced into one powerful Elemental spirit that has bound itself to the castle, driven to destroy the descendants of those who had brutally murdered the victims in the first place. Such a being is known in some paranormal circles as a collective apparition, a term usually used to refer to the same apparition witnessed by numerous different people at the same time, a term here used to describe a creature that can only be created when there are a sufficient number of angry or anguished spirits who will all share the same sort of violent death. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Final interesting theory is that the elemental may not be a spirit of the dead at all, but rather a thought form. Thought form is an artificial being created by collective thoughts or emotions, and those who adhere to this explanation believe that the intense suffering of the dungeon's victims, along with the agony present in their final thoughts and feelings collected together, and then through sheer emotional psychic power created a horrible, angry wraith hell-bent on revenge. Whatever its origin, the first mention of the Leap Elemental comes from 1909, shortly after the discovery 
and the clearing of that oubliette, when occultist Mildred Darby claims to have had a terrifying encounter with this thing. Mildred had been holding seances and performing automatic writing in the castle. Automatic writing is also known as spirit writing. It's a claimed psychic ability allowing a person to produce written words without consciously writing, the words purportedly coming from a spiritual or supernatural source. And Mildred may have awoken and provoked the element or elemental by her occult dabbling. And uh, this is what she claims to have witnessed during one of her rituals. Suddenly two hands were laid upon my shoulders. I turned roundly and saw, as clearly as I see you now, a gray thing, standing a couple of feet from me, with its bent arms raised as if it were cursing me. I cannot describe in words how utterly awful the thing was, its very undefinableness rendering the horrible shadow more gruesome. Human in shape, a little shorter than I am, I could just make out the shape of a big black holes, or big black holes like great eyes and sharp features, but the whole figurehead, face, hands, and all was gray, unclean, bluish gray, something of the color and appearance of common cotton wool, but oh so sinister, repulsive, and devilish. My friends who are clever about occult things say it is what they call an elemental. The thing was about the size of a sheep, thin, gaunt, and shadowy in parts. Its face was human, or to be more accurate, inhuman in its vileness. Nose it had none, only spreading cancerous cavities, the whole face being a uniform tint of gray. This, too, was the color of the dark, coarse hair covering its head, neck, and body. Its forearms were thickly coated with the same hair, so were its paws, large, loose, and hand-shaped, and it sat on its hind legs, one hand raised, and a claw-like finger was extended, ready to scratch the paint. Its lusterless eyes, which seemed half-decomposed and looked incredibly foul, stared into mine, and the horrible smell which had before offended my nostrils, only a hundred times intensified, came up to my face, filling me with the deadly nausea. I noticed the lower half of the creature was indefinite and seemed semi-transparent at least. I could see the framework of the door that led to the gallery through its body. One of Mildred's friends claims to have also seen it during one of these occult rituals, writing the following about her encounter. I saw your eyes fixed upon something above our heads, and the next minute my own eyes were filled with the sight of a thing in the gallery looking down upon us. Get the fuck out. There was plenty of light from the lamps in the hall, and one above on the wall at the corner of the gallery for every one of us to see quite plainly the gray-colored figure about the height of a small grown-up person looking down at us. I wish I could forget the sight of that gray figure with dark spots like holes in its head instead of eyes, standing with gray arms folded on the gallery railing looking down at us. Then, just as he put foot on the gallery, the thing uh, that he saw there that we were watching suddenly faded out of sight. The thing did not move, only became less and less visible until it vanished. In 1915, Mildred Darby claimed to have had another run-in with the Elemental, writing... The last appearance of the Elemental was on November 25th, 1915, and I deduct again last November from the gate of my husband, really wild with rage, fright, coming into my room at midnight to let fly at me for again dressing up things to try and frighten me. Oh. On on that night, two of our servants, knowing the master, her husband, would be late and that I was driving that afternoon, had invited friends, two soldiers from the barracks at Burr, and the friends is in quotes, so I assume lovers. Oh, okay. Uh, distant the other side six miles, so some barracks six miles away. They came rather late, and my husband came home. So, uh, yeah, weird old-timey language, but I, uh, I'm i putting together here that, you know, these uh, two servants think that the owners of the castle are gone, invite some dudes over from the local barracks. A little hookup? To get a little booty call. I like it. 
They came rather late, and my husband came home early, so the visitors had to be kept out of sight in the lower regions of one of the wings, the priest's house, and were unable to be shown the center tower, the very lofty hall. At 7.15, my husband and I went up to dress for dinner, my room in extremity of house of the house from kitchens, his dressing room next door to me. Whilst dressing, I was startled by a loud yell of terror-stricken, terror-stricken okay, and so at this point, again, kind of weird language structure or uh, writing structure, but I think that they came home early, mm-hmm. and these people are like somewhere else in the castle. You know? Wait, that's what I take. I take yeah. they're like hidden away somewhere. Yeah. They're in their dressing rooms, which are off the kitchen. Right, right, yeah. okay. And then okay. a scream happens. Yep. So while, while dressing, I was startled by a loud yell of terror-stricken male and female voices coming apparently from the hall and ran out to see the cause. My husband was out ahead of me. At his heels, I passed through a corridor of the wing and onto the gallery. On the gallery, leaning with hands, quote-unquote, resting on its rail, I saw the thing, the elemental, and smelt it only too well. At that same moment, my husband pulled up sharply about ten feet from the thing, half-turning, let fly a volley of abuse at me, ending with dressing up a thing like that to try and make a fool of me. And now you'll say I've seen something, and I have not seen anything, and there was nothing to see or ever was. So he thinks he's being tricked. Mm-hmm. This last speech was delivered without a pause, begun when he waved one hand at the thing, ended when he stalked back to his dressing room, still abusing me for trying to give him a fright. As he was speaking, the elemental grew fainter and fainter in its outlines until it disappeared. I later heard from our servants that when we went to dress for dinner, they had brought their friends just then to show them the hall, when all four suddenly saw and smelt the elemental looking down at them from the gallery. They all screamed and fled to their servants' quarters, where all four became very sick. The two maids left notes saying they needed to stay home the next day and did not return. And while Mildred and the entire Darby clan soon left her castle after that, others have seen the elemental as well in recent years. A ghost hunter claimed to have been attacked during an investigation of the castle on June 18, 2002. Oh, recent. They wrote... I traveled to Leap Castle in order to make a show for a local TV network, and this was my first time in the notorious castle I had heard so much about. The show went well, but I wanted to try the UV on the camcorder while still shooting. I had sent something down the old access to the battlements earlier and never went down. I climbed the stairs with the camcorder in front. The light from the UV allowed me to see about six feet ahead and no more, so I climbed slowly. I opened the gothic-style door and made my way slowly down the narrow passage about ten feet In, I thought I saw something move, and I lifted my head. I could feel something was wrong, but I had no idea what. This time, with the camera dropped, I thought I saw a glow come from around the corner, and then it went back in. Get the fuck out. I stood and studied this for a while, and thought it may be a side effect of the UV, which can be common. A few steps more, and my body was weakening fast. It was a strange sensation. Suddenly, this massive white-like mist raced around the corner like a bull. Even the rubbish on the floor scattered as it approached at speed. The passage was tight, and I turned to my left to try and get out, but it was too late. I felt the pain as if something had just pierced under my ribcage and went all the way through to the back. This startled me a little, and we proceeded to arrange shooting in the cellars. The audio refused to tape again in the cellars, and I felt really odd. I was sweating heavily and was becoming very weak and drowned in dread. Right after the incident in the tunnel, it felt as if a hole in my chest had been punctured on the spiritual level and my life was seeping into the stones. In order to describe it and let the reader understand, they would have to had experienced a large blood loss at some point in their lives. As they felt the blood drain, this weakness would become prominent. Other words, In other words, they were experiencing the onset of death. It felt like I was dying. So I feel Weird. like something is leaking out of him after this mist going through him. 
Uh, here's another 21st century person, some other ghost hunter, uh, uh, writing about this encounter with their with this elemental. Burnt out during the 1920s, Leap's looks live up to its reputation. Narrow gothic windows, ivy-covered towers, bats and a barn owl. It was like a set from a Vincent Price movie. We crept in through a gaping doorway. Our flashlights revealed a huge hole in the stone front, or the stone floored front hall, and we gingerly made our way around the edge, heading for the spiral staircase. No ghost would make us nervous. We were the Dublin Ghostbusters. Despite our confidence, we found ourselves ta- uh, talking in whispers. A slight sound behind me, and I spun like a ballerina to see the cause. But as I spun around, I slipped and then dropped through the hole in the floor. The uh, I, uh, the flashlight dropped uh, in the hole. The flashlight hit a rock and went out. Oh, okay, they fell in this uh, hole. Just above me, just out of reach, I could see the jagged outline of the floor. I could hear friends coming to help me. And then in the darkness, I could hear a sniffling kind of sort of noise. There was a smell, too, a horrid, rotten smell. I'm not athletic, but that night, terror put rockets in my heels. I shot upwards, scrambling madly. I made I made it to the doorway, did not stop running until I was safely in the car. So they thought they smelled something, heard some weird kind of uh, sniffling-type sounds in this uh, tunnel down there. <laughs> fitting. Fitting for today. Okay, finally, one final encounter with the Elemental from 2006. This person says, I looked into the darkness of a corridor that exited the spiral stairway. stairway. I became aware of the smell of sulfur... It was as if boxes and boxes of matches had suddenly been lit at once. I looked at my friend who had taken me to visit Leap Castle. He could also smell this sulfur. I stared into the darkness of the corridor and had the impression that a beast, like a bear, was staring back at me. Uh Uh-uh. The tension was rising like a ticking time bomb. My friend then closed the door and said to let sleeping dogs lie. He was a friend of Sean Ryan, the man living in the castle. A man who did live there yet for a while. And I certainly did not want to disrespect either of them by stirring up this elemental. The elemental has the potential to cause great harm to anyone receiving the brunt of its attack. One belief is that the elemental has the ability to alter the atmospheric pressure, generally lowering it. The polarity of atmospheric ions fluctuates and triggers a condition known as serotonin hyperfunction syndrome. This can cause symptoms such as a heart palpitation, nausea, vomiting, sweating, chills, tremor, dizziness, fatigue. It has also been said that the skin and hair will have an electrical charge. This theory has been generated over the last 10 years. And it is interesting to note similarities between these symptoms to those described by Mildred Darby in the early 1900s. I felt every hair on my head separate and move. From my flesh all over my body and scalp crept and every hair on my head stood straight up on end. Then an absolute weakness came over me. The seeming cessation of the pulses of life, the grip in heart and brain, the deadly numbness which rendered me incapable of thought, word, or action when I first saw the awful beast. And this feeling and the beast then left this lucky ghost hunter. So in addition to the ghost haunting the halls of Leap Castle, is there also some weird kind of monster? Dang. It's almost a little bit of a cryptozoological tale there. I know there's so much meat on that story. Yeah, a lot of sightings from a lot of different people over a lot of years. Weird history there. Um, I mean, that could be categorized as, you know, uh, I mean, who knows? Demonic, you know. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of these stories could be categorized with a big question mark. Right, right. Um, this one just, I, I just thought it was interesting. Just different. weird. Weird, weird, weird. Well, first of all, when you said Mildred... I got a little creeped out because the ghost in our building might be named Millie. Oh, yeah. That's what you guys so were saying. So I was like, saying. wait, what? Yeah, that, that is what we've been saying. <laughs> you aren't joining us on this bandwagon. Well, let's, let's uh, be, before we talk, let's, uh, oh, yeah. few, a few more pictures of this. Uh, we got a few more pictures of the castle. Okay. So there, okay. yeah. So there's a different shot. Uh, though, oh, yeah. There's a little RV thing I saw. Oh, about. yeah. So there's a different shot of Leap Castle. I mean, it really is a cool old castle. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going there, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it builds itself as, yeah, again, the most haunted castle in the world. Uh, this next picture is the Bloody Chapel. 
So that's where that priest uh. was killed. Um, yeah, there's the old chapel. That's what they say that they see that ghost a lot. Yeah, it just feels yuck. It's a little beat up. It fell into disrepair, this castle, um, because of some IRA stuff, actually, in the 20s. Oh, really? Yeah, and and it got, like, burned down by some, I think there was some English people living there, and they fled, and then some local Irish, you know, uh, did some damage to the castle. Is there more? Uh, Yeah, and there's another one. This was the oubliette. This is the little opening. Where people will get tossed down. So I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. They would just throw people half dead down this. Dead, half dead, fully alive. They would just, uh, supposedly for decades. And, and there are other castles with other oubliettes. It was like a, it's like a little mini dungeon where you just, but you just toss you go somebody. Down, there's no coming back. No, but they, and they didn't like get the bodies. And bear, they just like tossed them down there and then just shut the, you know, they had a, a door covering that opening at one time, just shut the door and just left them down there. And so when they... When like the with the current owner, right? When there was like a little renovation done, uh, you Did know, they clear it out. Mm-hmm. That's when the cartloads of uh, bones were taken out. That's like when three they took cartloads. It out. Yeah, it made me think when we were in Peru this past summer. And the Darby's were there when Mildred was there. Yeah, when we were in Peru this past summer. Uh, what was that church that we, got, we went to? I got one more picture And it had too. like all the like, it was like layers. Oh, yes. We yes. like went down under, we went down this like very narrow staircase mm-hmm. and it then it was- Old Catholic church in Peru and it was um, it was like parishioners and you know, people who died, they just ran out of burial space. Yeah, and so they would bury them on top of each other and then remember there was like a- right. It was almost like a like acrylic like box, but like you could like look in and mm-hmm. see. It was as if they had like they they cut a little opening so for visitors to be able to look in there. Yeah, and see all and, sorts. And of it was because eventually, yeah, they ran out of room and they had to like dig up, uh, you know, people who had died many many years ago, and then they would just take their bones and dump them in this basement pit. So weird. It was just yeah, just covered in so many human that's bones. What I, that's what I was envisioning. Yeah, was like oh, I'm sure that's very on similar. Bones on bones. So Creepy. Last picture is just what somebody thinks this elemental may look like oh like this beast and it's it's just one person's imagination pig like right right some strange beast excuse me why do people always go to the pig face why is that i think it's biblical i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i believe i believe anybody knows i believe some demons were cast into some swine at one point uh in the bible oh uh, cast out and put into like another creature and the pig i i think that's where the is that why jews association No, that's very, that's different. That was that's just considered an unclean animal, which actually it was. What is that? At the time, there was yeah. like there's a certain oh. um, parasite that can be found in pork that if you don't cook it properly, right, right, it, it can get you real sick. Maybe I think that's probably maybe that it's came spirit swine. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, just just unusual. So I thought I'd change it up. You know, yeah. Again, you know, I can't do traditional. Uh, Haunted I, house. You don't have to justify everyone. it. I think it was a great story. Oh, more for like the listener. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I just, I just thought it was, I, I like those, those history ones where it's interesting where, you know, there's, uh, legends of, of strange deaths inside the yeah. castle. It reminds me of when I got to do a, a, a tour of the tower castle in London and there's, you know, so yeah. many people that, you know, left the earth violently there Yeah, and were wronged in various ways and, you know, hanged for reasons they shouldn't have been hanged for. And now there's, you know, centuries of stories of ghosts seen, you know, walking in the halls of these castles. And it just, I remember being spooked out. Were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like on the tour. And yeah, it sounds like this is an especially spooky castle. And we, yeah. hadn't done, and we hadn't done a spooky castle story. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was all for this story. There's just so many, I don't even know where to start. There's so many pieces to the puzzle here, right? Yeah. Okay, first of all, like when you said that like the, bother, the brothers were going to battle it out, 
or well, yeah. I, you didn't say battle, but in my mind, I immediately went to like a duel or like a sword fight, as opposed to sneaking in and just chopping him down. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, no, jumping uh, run, off of run, a run. fucking cliff. Oh, the initial how yeah. they got the Leap Castle name that like yeah, really like priest, yeah. no, that really stuck with me. I'm like, what a fucking stupid way to decide who gets the castle. And that and that one just feels like a fun bit of folklore. Like, I, yeah, like, do I'm you think like, that's they, true? I don't think. I don't, at first I was like, oh okay, <laughs> and then I and I started to think about. it. I'm like, wait a minute, but like, why would you think you could jump? Maybe there was a situation in my mind. It would make sense if you could like try to jump across across an opening, yeah, with a chance of making it. But it doesn't sound but like if, that. But if you're just jumping off a giant rock and you and you know you can hit the ground, it's like, well, then the remaining brother probably got super fucked up, <laughs> right? And that's the time where like you know it was it's not like you could go to urgent care and get <laughs> or go to the hospital and get your leg reset properly. Go I, go I, see the plastic surgeon, make sure your leg looks all nice. I I think it's one of those. Um, you know, like earth folklore. Yeah, tales. like early folklore. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some element of truth to it, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's that's crazy. But then, yes, you were going to talk about the priest. Y- yeah, the, right, the stabbing. Right. Yeah, um, no, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I just thought that's where you were going initially when yeah. you were talking about the battle. I mean, there's just so many uh, pieces to the puzzle here. But what do you think it is? Yeah, like, that like, elemental you th- thing? Yeah, do you think it was there all along? Because at one point you said like also like did she the druids and oh, yeah. oh did she like did awaken she, it she awaken it was it there before like it feels so undefinable is that a word yeah I don't I don't know uh, these situations I mean you know the skeptic okay the skeptic side of me yeah could think like well you know they're doing these occult rituals they're getting all worked up and then it could be one person says they see it other people don't want to feel left out so they see the same thing so there's that and then that starts the legend and then other people want to see it as well and then it goes from there i know that's what some people will think it is but what about the more modern then, stories well because that's because but, then people but, like they feel it like the sweating but, the right. weakness but are they like working themselves up you know kind of thing but the, then the the more fun part of my brain with this thing's like man what what if like there was some weird creature that got awoken or what if there was some way to i don't know with some forgotten kind of ritual that was able to bring something into this world and then kind of anchor it to this place and it's still there that's the fun terrifying horror movie part of my brain wants to think and then who the hell knows what it is demon thing from who knows who knows like is it just one thing or is it multiple things and what i was thinking about if it's um the collection of horrible things and uh, horrible endings yeah 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 it was that like also can it like break off and become like i don't know you know like so that multiple spears are haunting at once and then it kind of like that's just fun like like amoeba like no rules so i guess it could Ah. and someone lives there right now yeah well you said privately owned i guess that doesn't mean they live there Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, well, I, I tried to figure that out. Yeah, and I, and I believe um, I'd have to look back to the name. It was that Sean guy? I think I, I can't remember Sean's last name. Is Sean O'Ryan maybe? Um, Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean, it was it? Was, yeah, it would be sweet if it was Sean Connery. Sean lives there. If that's where he's been, maybe that's why he hasn't been doing like movies lately. He's just uh, he's, he's possessed by he's possessed by the elemental. The elemental kind of like you know knocked off his his movie movie stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of this guy's Sean's name. Um, sort of towards the like. Yeah, the, the, the I, latter half of this. Sean Ryan. Sean right, Ryan. Right. But then, but then I, but then some sources I thought I found, or that I found, seemed to indicate that that guy may have died. Oh, and then okay. I, I, th- I think right now it's currently in the possession of maybe one of his descendants. Oh, but how? I'm not positive. Oh, I would be so couple- pissed if somebody left me a haunted castle. <laughs> I would, but this, but the grounds. I mean, oh my gosh! I would love to have this castle be in possession of it. I mean, I'm sure it's worth a crazy amount. And it's we're not going beautiful. there. You don't have to live there, but I to have what, it would like, be amazing. But what would you do with it if you're not going? Sword there? fight. 
<laughs> I just are you and Kyler gonna like dress up in mm-hmm. costumes? We get some some uh, larping done there. We get some fake swords okay. and just okay. wear chainmail and weirdos and sort joust around the castle and things. I also am so currently obsessed with The Handmaid's Tale that after I said like the Game of Thrones reference, the the, mm-hmm. the Lady of Fire, mm. I then thought about oh, but she like the red, and I was thinking of the Handmaids and mm. uh huh, and then like the whole. I don't want to talk about Handmaid's Tale too much because anybody who's watching, I don't want to spoil it. And also I could talk about it for like 17 hours because I'm obsessed with it. Well, I want to hear you talk about your uh, your scary stories. Okay. Well, I think I can do that, Dan. I'm, I'm, I want to hear them. You want to get spooky and, and then after your stories, I want to share a little bit of what somebody talks to us about in Tacoma. Oh, Cause yeah. Because I, I know they might send it in and I don't want to like spoil too much of this possible. No, but but it's it, okay. it really spooked about me. It. So, yeah. I, so after these stories, I want to talk about that too. Okay. All right. Now, I just, again, a little bit of uh, precursor here. My mind is a little foggy, so hopefully mm-hmm. my reading isn't foggy. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I, I don't think that this one is as scary, but I was thinking about that couple we talked to, and this story made me okay. think of them. Dan and Lindsay, I'll try my best to keep the story as cohesive as possible, considering it took place over many nights back in 2014 and 15. At the time, I was 27 years old and expecting my third child. It all started when I began to hear scratching sounds coming from inside my bed at night. Uh. I know what you're thinking. Ugh, bed bugs. However, I'm a notorious clean freak and proud homemaker. I went straight to work, turning my bedroom inside out, looking for the source. We live in a rural area, and maybe there were some field mice scurrying about. After a thorough search, including flipping the mattress and scouring under the bed, I turned up exactly nothing. No sign of a single critter could be found. I felt relief. Crisis averted, right? Mm -hmm, But But not not so much. The scratching persisted. At the time, my husband spent just about every night at work, and our sleeping schedules were totally opposite. He had completely brushed off my concerns (laughs) about the eerie evening noises that I was describing to him. This man is creeper nor peeper. He wants nothing to do with any such matter. So he's he's just fucking out. Okay, okay. Finally, we shared an evening together, and sure enough, as soon as my head hit the pillow, I began to hear the scratching. I shot up and insisted he listen. Well, wouldn't you know it? He heard it too. Here's the rub. If if it requires him to think outside the norm, my husband just goes to covering his ears. I know okay. this reaction is based upon his fear of the unknown, so we're just going to cut him some slack here. Unfortunately, the progression of events from here on out were only experienced by yours truly. I did my best to brush off the sounds because at the time, that's all they were. Right. All of that changed early one morning when I awoke right at 3.30 in the morning to the sensation of the mattress by my head being gently pushed down once, twice, three times. I open my eyes immediately and feel the sensation of warm breath on my face. Oh, man. As you can imagine, I left my room immediately and sought refuge on the sofa with all the lights on. I likely spent a few nights on the sofa while waiting for the unease to dissipate. Another night, I wake up, 3.30 a.m. This time, my eyes opened before the occurrence even began. I don't know what caused me to awake. I do know what I heard when I woke up. Three distinct knocks on my bedroom wall. No one was awake, and even if they had been, the knocking was not on a wall bordering another interior room. It was the outside wall of our raised ranch, a spot no one could possibly reach. Oh, yeah. 
Besides, this knock sounded as if it was coming from inside of the wall. Again, I retreated to the living room and the false security of a glowing TV screen. My husband was home for an evening again, and I felt a lot more confident in reclaiming my spot in our bed. I had just settled in and closed my eyes when it felt as though a hand reached up from behind the bed, tangling gnarled fingers into my hair and aggressively pulling my head back. I bolted upright, absolutely terrified and screaming. My husband assured me, there's nothing there. It's just a dream. It didn't feel like a dream. I really don't think I had even fallen asleep yet. It definitely wasn't sleep paralysis, and never once had I felt frozen, never incapable of movement in any way. Honestly, though, did I even want to consider it being anything else? Here I was, heavily pregnant by this point, and terrified to close my eyes at night. I spent the remainder of my pregnancy in the living room. The final event occurred when I was fast approaching my due date. I had managed to fall asleep on the sofa, TV on, and soft lighting when I heard... Did you just see that? What? What are you doing? I, I, I no, my, 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 my foot touched the desk. You're freaking me out. Uh, not intentionally. Just like a shadow just crossed my face. You uh, didn't see that? Oh, my hand. My hand. I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> my God. Oh my God. Here I was, heavily pregnant by this point and terrified to close my eyes at night. I spent the remainder of my pregnancy in the living room. The final event occurred when I was fast approaching my due date. I had managed to fall asleep on the sofa... TV on and soft lighting when I heard a crash from the kitchen. A magnet had fallen down off the refrigerator and taking a sheath of paper with it. Startled, my eyes flew open and crouching in the middle of my living room was a blackened, wild-looking young boy. Get the fuck out of here. I can only really liken it to a caveman-type appearance. Barely clothed, skin appearing as if completely covered in soot. His hair was thick, tangled, long, and wild. Everything about him was dark. Here he was for only an instant. I did not go back to sleep that night. As a creeper, I was genuinely scared about the repetitive nature of the threes. That can never be good, right? As an expecting mother, I worried it was prophetic. A Uh. warning of sorts? Or maybe the veil thins while we carry around little souls. Only days later, my son arrived and the creepy sounds, feelings, and sights abruptly came to an end. What a relief. I guess the only prophetic thing about it was that my son was a born creeper. I refer to it as his horror gene. Maybe he found a way to freak out his mama before he even came into this world. Wow. Thanks for your consideration, and please keep up the amazing podcast, Forever a Fan, Creeper Kelly. Kelly, you know you're going to have to kill your son. Probably. You have to put him down. She probably already did, if she's smart. If she probably. sounds smart. Yeah. Sorry, Kelly. I know it's, it's going to be hard. You sound like you're attached, but something's, something's evil. Something's evil attached to him. Did you really not see that shadow fly across my face? Uh, and of course, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't don't kill yourself. Oh my god! I know. I, I always feel compelled to say that afterwards, just because my brain goes to like obviously 99.99% of people, but it's like you get one some, crazy some, pants. Well, he said I had to do it, and that's okay, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> no, I did not see that, and that that's, but you scared me. I did with my foot. I was I, I was adjusting, and my foot touched our desk the second you. I didn't hear something. I saw a shadow go across my face in the room. no. 
I'm gonna have to watch the tape. I'm gonna have to watch. This I know. Later. I'm immediately. I'm like, could we get a replay? <laughs> oh, yeah. That one got me. That one got me some chills. Okay, some chills under the hoodie right now. Now the format of this next story is a little bit more like bullet pointed, just because you can tell okay. that there is a lot of information, and okay. they wanted to really convey all of the creepy, okay, creepy shit. Okay, okay. Let's dig in. Let's dig in. Dear Lindsay, Heather, Dan, and the rest of the crew. I'm new to the world of podcasts, but I love dance comedy. That's nice. So I decided to give Time Suck a try, and I love it. I heard him mention Scared to Death during one of those episodes and decided to try this one as well. Naturally, I love the banter between you two, and I'm very much like Lindsay and the rest of the Peeper Club. <laughs> I decided to share with you the story of my friend's haunted house with her permission. I apologize for the length, but I'll try to make it as clear and concise as possible. It's a story worth telling. We are from the south and outside of one of the major towns. uh, I'm sorry, outside of one of the major towns. Everything quickly churns into country and woods and farms. Her house was built in the 1980s by her grandfather, and her father was the original tenant and lived there until he had to move out for unrelated medical reasons to an assisted living facility. It's an important note. Like, he moved out of his own volition. Okay. This house is set down a long gravel driveway that is branched off of another's, another neighbor's drive. It is surrounded by woods on all sides, and the neighbors have a cow pasture before the woods. The main road is probably a half a mile away. You cannot see the house from the main road, regardless of which season it is. If you didn't know it was there, you wouldn't know it existed. There's also a stream that runs on three sides of the house, down in a ravine, into the woods. In the backyard, there's a small patch of yard before it quickly and steeply drops off into the woods. The neighbors are scarce, and you can't see their houses once you're at my friend's house. Wow. The house itself is two stories. The upstairs is the main living space with a single car garage, but if you drive around to the back of the house, the the downstairs portion of the house, there's another two-car garage. Can you picture that? Yeah. It has yeah. like a like a front drive and then I know what it is. It's like a drive and then you kind of go down maybe like a little hill and you'd pull into like a second garage. So almost like a split living. But the garage is attached. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. There's also a bedroom and a bathroom in this downstairs space and an open space, like a like a living room. Okay. Upstairs, the front door opens to the living room and kitchen area. And then there is the hallway that runs to the bathroom and the main bedroom. For those bedroom windows, they are on the upper level and look directly out into the woods. Outside, there is mm-hmm. a converted dog house that is used to store wood for the stove, but it has no door, making the opening look like a great black void. Gives me the creeps like most of the entire house. Okay. Okay. My friend spent some of her childhood in this house and began having experiences when she was a young girl, but they have gotten more creepy since she moved back in as an adult. Okay. When she was a little girl, she has said that she would wake up at 3 a.m. and found herself standing outside, halfway up the driveway, and when she got back to the house, all the doors and windows were locked. She had no recollection of how or why she got out of the house. Weird. Another time, she'd been upstairs and looked at looked out back at one of the windows and saw a great black shape, like a dog looking at her. But based on the description of the house, it would have been about 20 feet off the ground. What? My friend's grandfather ended up renting out the house over the years once her father had moved out. But the reason she moved back in three years ago is a complete mystery. 
a young couple moved into the house, and during their stay, everything seemed normal, and they ended up having three kids while living there. Skip to about 2016 or so, mm-hmm. and my friend's grandfather hasn't heard from his tenants in a while, and they have now missed three months of rent after being perfect tenants for all these years. Her grandfather goes over to see what's going on and finds uh. one of the family's two cars still there, the front door wide open. He goes inside and finds the carpet has been weathered like the door had been open for quite some time. The wiring is ripped out of all of the walls and and all the electronics are smashed or damaged in some way. Most of the family's belongings are still in the house, including mail, medication, other electronics, clothing, everything still in the house. Even the children's toys were still in the basement. It's like they just vanished and have not been heard from since. Not on social media, not anywhere, nothing. My friend and her husband needed a new place to live around this same time, and her grandfather offered up the house if she helped to clean it up, and so she agreed. They help with cleanup, new carpeting, new wiring, and when they're moving in, her stepfather doesn't believe a word of these creepy tales my friend tells him about the house, Mm -hmm. especially about the downstairs. However... Her stepfather yells down the stairs, Is anyone there? Hello? And my friend, her husband, and the stepdad hear a voice from down there saying, Hello. Back. They go and check it out, and there's no one there. Other instances of my friend uh, reporting things to me is that she sees shadow people on the front porch when she's in the living room, and no one is outside. Or she sees shadows of I people. Chills, no FedEx, no UPS guy, nothing. Her stepsister has also been over and seen the shadows of people outside when there is absolutely no one out there. She'll be putting her groceries away in the kitchen and hear her husband arrive home carrying out a full conversation about what to have for dinner with him when she looks up he's not there oh my god and is in fact still at work oh boy they will hear the down- ah. they will hear the downstairs door trying to open itself in the middle of the night despite being locked and chained they will hear footsteps god. along the upstairs hallway including in her bedroom while her husband sleeps next to her and no one else is in the house things move on their own or are not in the same place where they have been left and things regularly disappear and then reappear later on. Most terrifyingly, she sees a small black creature sitting on her husband's chest while he sleeps long enough for it to make eye contact with her before it vanishes. I I visited her at this house once and she gave me the tour. I felt an odd feeling throughout the house, but not necessarily nefarious, just odd. We did have one experience before we left for dinner. It was in the middle of the afternoon on a summer day with plenty of daylight outside. We were upstairs discussing where to go to dinner, and I heard a faint murmuring, like a TV on in another room. But that was entirely impossible since there's only one TV in the house, and we were standing right in front of it. They didn't have any radios or anything in the back of the house that could produce this sound. It sounded like it was coming from downstairs, and I couldn't make out the words. But definitely there was a murmur until eventually it just stopped and faded away. I still won't spend the night at her house, and she wishes she wouldn't either. That's the scariest story I have, and I can't help but wonder what happened to that family, and that nothing happens, and I worry that something will happen to my friend or her husband. She still lives there, and it's been about three years. She says that she doesn't acknowledge whatever is making the footsteps that she hears at night, because she thinks it could be the same thing that sits on her husband at night. She said it was like a small creature on its haunches. What? 
As for the family that disappeared, they still haven't been found. Her grandfather, I can't speak, her grandfather never filed a missing persons report and they aren't on social media, which is weird because they used to be. My personal feeling is witness protection or maybe someone snapped and they're buried in the woods out there. I've listened to too much of Time Suck and true crime stories, <laughs> maybe. Keep up the great work. I enjoy my weekly creep fest and hope this podcast continues for a long time to come. Sincerely, SG. Thank you, SG. Man, th- thank you guys for sending in these stories. These stories, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm the one hearing them, but to me, they're oftentimes scarier than the stories that I'm able to find. Like, like that last story was terrifying. What really terrifies me about that last story, for some reason, is the wiring detail. Me too. Me too. Because the wiring detail combined with other things being left in the house. Because, right. Right? Because right. for a second, I thought that's something people will do. They will strip the wiring to sell, like like the copper. Copper wiring. Yes. yes. And then you sell that for money. But, that, but that's when, when somebody has gone that far to strip the home of wiring and they're taking everything. Everything. Especially the, meds. Medicine. Like, yeah. You can always sell meds. Right. 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 You're going to, like... That doesn't make any sense to me that, that they would be vanished mm-hmm. and that uh, the wiring would be gone, but their things would still be there. Mm-hmm. And the kids' toys were there and they sounded like right. they That's... were responsible, paid every month, like they were good tenants. What the f- oh, yeah, And what they're just gone. To them? But one car is missing. And I thought that that detail was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess there is the possibility that... They just, like, maybe they were in trouble with somebody and they just took off entirely. But then the wiring, that's still like, well, why? I don't know. Why would they take their own wiring? That doesn't make any sense. Well, could they have disappeared and bailed and then somebody right. else came into the house and... Yeah. and took the wiring, but then why did they leave their medicine? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, weird things can happen and... Like yeah, that's a very that's a very strange and 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 then all of the multiple instances that her friends saw these and then she heard something man get, like like you like you say get the fuck out of get there get the fuck out yeah. how about that dinner conversation like they'll have like the the wife if that I, was stupid that would give me the chills like well she like, is thought, she having the conversation with him because uh, that's the way I took it I took it as she hears her husband come home and then she has a conversation with him. And then, like, it almost sounds like, like, um, like when I pull into the garage, and I'm like, "Hey, baby!" Like, right. and I'm like, "I'm out here doing something," and we have a conversation like through right. the wall, like we're not seeing each other. That's how I am imagining yeah. this. And then she goes out there, like when he still doesn't come in the house. She's like, "What the fuck is he doing out there?" Yeah. And she goes out there, and no one's fucking there. And then she calls him, and he's like, "Babe, I'm at work. What are you right, talking right. about?" That fucking oh, that yeah, takes that me was, back to last week with the yeah. doppelganger thing, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Super scary. Um, and then that little hello coming back. Hello. Yeah. That sounded, I think whatever is in that place, whatever weird, crazy demon is also in Joe's house, our producer Joe's oh, house. Oh, same. Because they speak the same. Because they both said that hello, like that thing. Hello. And, that, and the ghost that he saw said that or he heard. So probably not a ghost, probably a monster and it's probably still there. Probably. That's, that's, what, that's where I thought. That's where my head went. It's, it's probably what put disease in his house. <laughs> Oh my God. Do you want to talk about the couple that we saw in Tacoma oh, for yes, a minute? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Before we wrap up. Because you're better at um, retelling a story. So I think you should just do that. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. You you tell these stories great though. But, well, uh, but I'm reading it. Like, uh, I'll get lost. I'll be like, oh, and then she was wearing a blue shirt. Like, you don't give a fuck what she was wearing. Or she was so cute. And like, they were a normal couple. And like, I'll fixate on details that don't matter. Well, we had, uh, Lindsay came with me to Tacoma this past weekend where I had some stand-up shows and did a live Time Suck podcast there. And um, all super fun. Thanks all so super much. fun. Yeah. Th- oh, yeah. Thanks to everybody who, uh, it was so fun. So fun. And then after, I believe it was one of the stand-up shows. I th- mm-hmm. I, you yes. know, they came to both. This couple yeah. came to the podcast and the the stand-up, but I think it was after, anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, 
they were t- saying that they were thinking about sending the story in, that they listened to this podcast. Yeah. And they just gave us some little details. And, and I don't want to, like, you know, ruin the story. But in case they don't send it in, I don't want to forget to mention this because it. My, I got such a bad case oh, of the chills. I had chills all over. I actually, I stopped listening and walked away because I was like, okay, that's enough for me. So they have several young children and they're living in an old house in the Tacoma area. Mm-hmm. That they own. Like, they cannot mm-hmm. get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then they said that their their young daughter started talking about, and I believe she said her uh, twinkle grandma. Uh-huh. I think it was Twinkle, yeah. like like a funny little kid thing. Yeah, like it was, and then it was a Twinkle Grandpa, but there was like a couple entities, and uh, and apparently, I think they said that the story uh, about the that I told about the apartment complex about the boy. Oh, I think yes, that's sort of see. like what like spawned the conversation because mm-hmm. they were saying it sounds like their daughter sees a man and a child as well. Yeah, and, and yeah. I have. I'm, I'm. I thought there was a grandma too, but yes, yes, yes. But I have gotten some emails too from other people about like, oh, I've seen that dude and the kid. Ah! So it's like a reoccurring thing. Weird. Carry on. But but she just said that what, what really gave me the chills was that uh, you know that their daughter was talking about this, these invisible friends, uh-huh. and, and then they're kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. But then they started hearing weird things around the house, you know, as well. Uh, and and then the, the the scary scary part was that this uh, that their daughter said that these twinkle grandparents, whatever. <laughs> were uh, kept asking their daughter to come inside the walls. Yeah. And that there was holes in the walls of this old house. And it, yeah, I, I get the chills thinking about it now. But so I, I just picture this, whatever the fuck this thing is, being like, come on, well, c- and come inside and play. But the come holes in, in the walls, play. I don't know if you caught this, but their daughter was like making holes oh, in the walls. Oh, trying to get in she the like wall. trying to get into the walls to get to her friends. And I think they might, <laughs> I feel like they said she may have even gotten like a little hammer or something. Like, I feel like there was a tool involved. Oh yeah, that she was making the Because yeah. they were like, so you're doing a better job with the details. That's, uh, yeah. It was just so, so creepy. It like, really like creeped she's me out. like trying to get into the walls. To see whatever the hell. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yike, so like, yike, yike, yike. Yeah. So we really, if if um, I am terrible with names, so I apologize. Lovely couple. Yeah, but send if, in that story. Please. Like in all the details. Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll just do one story that week and we'll we'll tell the whole story. Yeah. Your guys' stories are great. Keep sending Yeek. those in. We Keep. had some fans in Grand Rapids, remember? Um, I also can't, I'm terrible with names. Oh, yes. But, but that like old we house. know them. They, like we see them regularly. They always come to your shows. Oh, yeah. And they mm-hmm. are remodeling like an old house and they have some creepy fucking shit going mm-hmm, on as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. They got this. Uh, yeah. The weird barrier. <laughs> ground behind their house yep yeah their house is oh man so many stories so many stories so many creepy stories uh, my story at scared to death podcast.com send them in for everything else info at uh, scared to death podcast.com yeah thanks for checking on me i got a really nice email this week from somebody i thought it was just um <laughs> they were like hey nobody cares hey anyway uh thanks for li- <laughs> sorry the timing come on you're talking about people caring about you that was fun do come you on. see what i have to put up with here come on do you see do you see? Well, anyway, someone offered to pray for us, even though they said they know that that's not really our jam, but to keep us safe and protected. Oh, that is nice. And I thought that was nice. But that now is... I'm going to write them back and tell them not to pray for you and only to pray for me. <laughs> okay. Asshole. Oh, geez. That, come on. That was funny. Come on. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening and watching Scared to Death. Bad Magic Production. Thanks to the Bad Magic Productions team. Uh, Harmony Camp social media. Joe Paisley producing and directing. Zach Flannery working on the production as well. Thanks to Joe Paisley, Zach Cohen, Jeffrey Montoya for the sound beds. And for uh, thanks to Heather Rylander for taking over the My Story at ScaredToDeathPodcast.com emails. Thanks to Lindsay for powering through when she doesn't feel good. She's going to go pass out after this and uh, take I a bunch mean, of cold medicine. I say that, but... There's we'll too much to be done. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Scared to Death Podcast. Subscribe to Bad Magic Productions on YouTube. Please, uh, Please. watch the show. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps, and peepers. I hope you were scared to death. 
if spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through but has no home here within scared to death. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply.